Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Weekly, episode 58. I completely forgot to load up the the intro song. I didn't even think about it till right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, we'll just have Lyle sing it for you again. <laughs> Welcome to the Catfish Weekly Web Show. <laughs> All right, guys. That's enough. I'll stop. <laughs> Your ears are bleeding enough. <laughs> I've inflicted enough damage. All right. So anyway, tonight we're going to be talking tournament rules. Um, you know, things, uh, rules. I guess it, all the all the things that go along with the rules. You know, probably never going to make it anyone happy and all that stuff. But uh, um, I'll go ahead and kick it over to. I'll kick it off to Lyle. So let's change the stuff up a little bit. I know Lyle's got a lot of stuff to talk about on here, so we'll kick it off to him, and then we'll just jump in and watch for the uh, watch for the questions and chat. If you guys got questions about rules or, or things that you'd like to see in tournaments, um, you know, post them up in the chat there, and we'll talk about that. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. Um, I do have a little bit of stuff to talk about on this, and and one of the hot things with me is trailering. Uh, and I know that people think they cannot run a catfish tournament or any kind of tournament with allowing trailering. And that is the, the furthest thing from the truth. All you're doing is inviting someone to do something they're not supposed to do. Uh, number one, the, the people that's going to do stuff wrong, like cheat, they're going to do it regardless. It ain't going to matter if you trailer or not. I got that. Really, I do. But you're in, you're opening up the door for it to happen and there's no reason for it and I hear this excuse all the time well we got so many boats that that's the only way we can do it safely and that is uh, if you believe that then you'll believe that I'm worth ten million dollars because this is further safe than the truth. The Cats Incredible Tournament is held up in the North Country on the Red River and they run around 150 boats out there in just about 20 minutes and uh, that river is very, very narrow at Grand Rapids, Grand Forks, and uh, if they can do it, we can do it on the rivers we got and the lakes we got. So that's a poor excuse for wanting to let people uh, trailer. You know, trailering. If, if the biggest thing that I have against trailering is the people that sponsor these events, they want. The, the money generated and the people to be in that community. They don't want you to go to the next town where the boat ramp's at and buy a motel there and buy all your gas there and buy your bait there and eat out there. They're doing it for their community and they should benefit from that. So you're cheating them out of their support. Uh, it, it's terrible. Just absolutely unbelievable that people would think any other way about that. Uh, like I say, it invites the the opportunity to do things that you shouldn't shouldn't do. You cannot control what's in or not in a live well. You cannot do a proper live well check doing it the night before. That's just absolutely ludicrous to think that somebody couldn't uh, check a live well at seven o'clock at night and not find a fish before launch time the next morning. Uh, I'm mean, devil's advocate a little bit on you, Lyle. You know, just so, you know, this is what you're going to hear, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times at your tournaments and stuff. They're going to tell you that the guys who are going to go and do that trailering, and they're going to cheat and and you know go get fish somewhere. 
There's also nothing stopping them from driving 40 miles down river with a couple extra, th you know, things of gas in their boat or something, and you know, pulling up some tied up fish and bringing them back. Well, I, you know, I, I while you're on that, I have yet to find a tournament rule set of rules anywhere from anybody that says you cannot have extra gas to your boat or have some put on a bank someplace if you don't think you can get back. I've yet to find any set of rules that says you cannot do that. So if it's not in the rules, it should be legal. Is that not correct? Yeah. But okay. that's, I mean, I'm just saying that they're going, you know, they have fish tied up 40 miles down river because nobody else is going that far. Well, so. and maybe that happens. Um, everybody is is big proponent of polygraph test. Yeah. And I had I got kind of in a heated discussion, not really heated, but a discussion with a guy online because I'd made the statement that there are people that know how to beat this, people that not necessarily are trained to beat it, but they are aware of how it's done. And he told me that was not true. So I done some checking, and it is true. If you are in law enforcement, you know how to beat it. You don't have to sit there and tell me you don't because the people that do it have already told me you do. A lot of people in prison systems know all about it. They've told me they do. And it's not necessarily that they personally can do it, but some of them can. So if those, they are the best thing we got for police and tournaments. They are the very best option that we have as tournament catfishermen to police the sport. But if they was as good as people would lead you to believe, they would be admissible in court, and they are not and will never be because they're, it could, they can be had. Uh, and I'm not saying anybody knows how to do it because I don't, I don't have a clue. Don't want to know. If I don't want to know, it takes that option away from me. Now, uh, did, just uh, real quick, did you see the, uh, oh, the ice, uh, the, it was on Facebook, I just read about it, the ice tournament fisherman who was caught cheating yes. by the director? Did you see yes. that? Yes. My favorite is the guys that gets caught by the conservation guys and they wait till they go up on the stage, collect their money, and then they arrest them right in front of everybody. That is the best thing that can happen. And then prosecute them for fraud because regardless of what you think, when you take somebody's money by the seat, that is fraud. And there's not a state in the union that will not prosecute you for that if you press charges. And believe you me, I would do that. I mean, you're, you're robbing everybody that you consider a competitor, friend, or otherwise. If you cheat them in a tournament, uh, you should be prosecuted. If, if anybody out there in chat can remember that guy's name or can find that guy's name, him and his partner, um, that cheated in that ice fishing tournament, let us know because, I, I mean, I want to I put them on blast. I want to make sure that everywhere they ever go for the rest of their life that they're known as the cheaters and that they don't, they're not allowed to be, you know, in any sort of a tournament fishing event anywhere in the country. Well, they should not only be allowed to to fish for whatever kind of tournament stuff they was fishing through the ice, whether it be bluegill crappie or uh, whatever they got up north. You know, I don't stay up to speed on that. But they should not be allowed to fish catfish tournaments, crappie tournaments, any kind of tournaments that there is if they have been caught went to trial pro and prosecuted and beyond a shadow of a doubt they are guilty. They should never be allowed to any, enter any type of fishing tournament, 
uh, or basically any, any sport competition of any kind, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, in that video, they caught him, and, and he admitted to it right there on video. You know, he's like, you caught me, you know? Yeah, well, you know, that's an admission of guilt. So, in that case, you know, it's pretty much a slam dunk. Yeah. I mean, on video, when you're busted and you admit to it, yeah, that's it. You know, I don't need a judge. That's that's exactly what we talked about the other day when we're saying, you know, with the cell phone technologies and, you know, I mean, you got really good cameras and stuff in your phones and for taking pictures and video and 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 stepping up and doing the right thing like that tournament director could have very easily turned a blind eye and and just let the guy get away with it. He even said the fish that he had on his little stringer might not have even won the tournament and it was only worth 500 bucks, you know, it was it was a completely ridiculous tournament to cheat in. Well, you know, and and I hear a lot of things uh, about things going on in tournaments and fellas, here's the deal. If you think somebody is doing something wrong, you have to bring it to the tournament director right then. Three hours for there, it's too late. Ten minutes after payout, it's too late. You can't come up with stuff uh, next week, next month, next year, sometime down the road, and say, well, this guy done this and that. It doesn't do any good because there, there's no way that you can can justify that simply because uh, it's it's past tense, you know. And I run into a deal one time where a guy made a comment about a tournament we had, you know, two weeks after the tournament, and he wasn't even there. He's a state or two away. I said, dude, what are you doing? You haven't got a clue what went, went on. You are, are going by hearsay of what somebody told you, and they may or may not have been there. So don't don't even start that stuff, you know. The only way it works, and you have to have some kind of proof for it. You got to take a picture. You got to take a video. You got to grab somebody and have them look at whatever the situation is, and say, "Okay, here it is. Where's the tournament director? Let's get this done right now." And most of the time, I would bet if there is something going on, it'd be an honest mistake, uh, unless somebody is just blatantly doing something wrong, and then there's nothing honest about that. But, you know, if there's a mistake, there's a mistake. You just deal with it and go on. One of my favorite things, and, and I know most all the people know who Doug Rice is. Doug Rice is one of my favorite all-time people. He's so full of crap. He's a good fisherman. He fishes with Dalton, and he's a, turned out to be a really good fisherman. He fishes with Art Dossett, which is one of the best guys you could ever want to meet. Uh, Doug's pretty successful, especially on the Illinois River. He's really tough channel cat guy. He pulled into a way in one time, had too many fish in the boat, and he didn't know it. Thought he had them all out. And he pulled up and he says, Boys, I got to disqualify myself. I made a mistake. And uh, another time we had a tournament, it was really, really hot. It was like 106 degrees at weigh in. We was keeping water in the in the tank to weigh fish. And uh, my buddy John Nordyke pulled in and he said, um, I said, John, what do you got? He said, I got to disqualify myself. Both my fish died and my live well got too hot on the way back. Uh, and that's how you take care of a mistake. That that's how you do it. Uh, those guys, outstanding guys, for owning up to something that happened that they, they didn't know, didn't realize, or whatever, and, and just let it go. And and John feverishly tried to find somebody to take those fish so they didn't go to waste, which is the correct thing to do. Also, you know, yeah. it just is. Uh, but uh, you know, things happen. 
We all make mistakes, but if there's a mistake, you just get it out in the open and, and, and go through it. Uh, that's just kind of the way it is, and I'm looking for my notes about the other stuff because I don't want to dwell on this. That's a, a, a poor subject to, to be on. It's just something that has to be talked about at times. Now that's what we got a few questions I can I can ask from the from the people in chat. I'll ask sure. I'll ask what they've asked and we'll respond to them. Catfish Club says, "What are the rules for bait?" Um, every state is a little bit different there. Catfish Club, uh, Indiana, I can tell you that um, in tournaments, most tournaments don't allow chumming. Um, they also will allow to use any legal bait that's legal in your state so if you wanted to use in Indiana I could go out and I could catch largemouth bass or smallmouth bass or crappie or walleye and as long as it's legal length limit to keep and I caught it on a rod and reel I can use that as bait in Indiana there's a lot of states that that's not the case not Missouri but you're lucky that you get to use green carp yeah I mean we can use well carp we're not allowed to carp green carp is bass Okay, green carp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Green carp, I guess, then we can. But carp, actually, carp and shad are some of the, uh, anything that's considered an invasive species, which is which is most carp, um, you're not allowed to use live. You are allowed to use cut. You're allowed to catch, catch in a cast net or, or a rod and reel if you wanted and use it for bait as cut bait. Uh, shad, there's about four bodies of water that you're legally allowed to use live. I believe I can name a few of them: uh, the Ohio River, Brookville Reservoir, um, Monroe Reservoir, and I want to say the Wabash or something, but I'm not positive on that one. So don't don't take that <laughs> to the 100%. But you're allowed to cast net shad and use live on on a few bodies of water in Indiana. Everywhere else, you're, they're supposed to be put on ice and killed immediately, and can be used as cut bait. Um, it's also sort of a gray area on goldfish. Um, I've heard two different things. You know, I've heard that they're legal to use, and I've heard they're illegal to use in Indiana for goldfish. They're illegal um, in Missouri. So, if if that's what you were meaning on on the rules for um, bait catfish club, then that's what we have. If you're meaning anything else, go ahead and ask the question more specifically, and we'll try to get to that. Um, also. Uh, Scott Manning says, if a person has been disqualified from a previous tournament, should he or she be allowed to fish major tournaments? Now, that's where I would guess it comes into to play like what Lyle said. I, I don't think if they've been disqualified just for accidentally having one or two, you know, one, one fish too many in a live well or having a fish die on them, you know, there's lots of things where guys make mistakes and they can be DQ'd from a tournament. I think if they were DQ'd from any tournament from cheating, that is where everything changes. Um, I think anytime I, I don't I, I don't know if there is one, but I think there should be a Facebook cr group called the uh, the Master Cheaters List or something. <laughs> Basically, a master list of anyone who's proven to be cheating in any sort of tournament, fishing tournament of all species, bass, crappie. You know anything? Catfish. Have a master list and 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 have the name in the state of where these guys are from. But and, you know the tournament directors could have these printed out and keep with them at all tournaments for if any of them were to show up and start trying to fish a tournament, they would know. Well, you know, 
that goes back to something for seven years I tried to get the group that has tournaments in a wide area around us to everybody get together and meet up and pass a general set of rules that would apply to all of us and never one time I got anybody to show up for that. You know, they want to have the rules their way and one wants to do this and one wants to do that. But it would be so much easier if everybody used the same rules. It, it just, you, it wouldn't matter what tournament you went. Uh, instead of this guy saying, okay, it's all right to trailer and this guy saying, well, it's, it's all right to use goldfish. And the next guy says, no, you can't use goldfish, but uh, you can go out two hours early and sit on a spot, and we expect you to sit there and not fish. Come on, guys. What are you thinking? It's just nuts. I, and I know. People say, well, Cabela's been doing this, and Bass Pro been doing it for years, and they've been fishing two hours before that tournament started ever since they started doing it. They called me and tell me on the phone that they're doing it. So don't. You know, the reason they're not getting caught is because they don't win enough to, to, to get polygraph tests. The only way you can make that even reasonably a possibility is to polygraph everybody in the tournament. And there's not a tournament series that can afford to do that. If you guys knew what they charge for them things, it would astound you. And it's per person, not per tournament. It's like Lancaster. Are we allowed to use Budfish as bait? Budfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. No. <laughs> are monsters. You kill monsters. You slackline catter's a monster fish killer. Everybody, that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, and you got you got to have some extra money uh, with you if, if you're a tournament director because if first place fails the lie detector test, then you have to pay for second place to take one to receive the prize money. So you're gonna have to pay double. Uh, that day for the lie detector test. Well, here's my thinking on 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 if if someone comes up and they protest uh, another person. Okay, say I come up and I protest Chuck. I think he was cheating, and I got a picture that says he was too close to the dam, which is disqualification because he's breaking state law or federal law, or whatever it is. No matter what it is, if you've got a picture and you're in that line and you can see that, that he's across there. So he brings this picture up and shows it to me, and we do a polygraph test, and Chuck passes the test. Well, that money should that turn that fee should be paid by the guy that protested it because he was wrong, and he was ahead of the line himself when he took the picture or behind it and manipulated it to where it looked like he was. Now, if in fact that was that happened, the prize money should be dropped back down to the second place person. And the guy that's fixing to get prosecuted should have to pay that lie detector fee. That, to me, that's the only fair way you can do it. Scott Woody asked you, Chuck, do you know if it's legal to use goldfish in Alabama or bullheads? Um, I know we can use bullheads. You can use uh, any kind of uh, cheddar caps or whatever. There's no law against that. But... Um, Goldfish, they sell them uh, around the places where the people go out and stripe fish. Uh, it's really big with the uh, the striper guys, so I'm pretty sure we can use them in Alabama. Another subject we can talk about, hopefully that answers your question there, Scott, but another, another thing we can talk about is uh, pre-fishing for tournaments. 
What do you guys think about the uh, the, the tournaments? I guess that that allow that do not allow pre-fishing for a certain amount of times, anywhere from a day to three days before a tournament. Well, we stop at 12 hours before a tournament or midnight, usually the day before, but you're still allowed to go out and get get bait. Um, and, and I think most of the catfishing tournaments have similar uh, rules in place like that because. Uh, most of the guys, they want as fresh a bait as they can get, and if they can go out there an hour before the tournament starts and grab them a bucket full of shad or skippies or whatever they're catching their net, uh, they'll be very happy about that. Uh, really, I, my own personal feelings is uh, as long as they're not fishing the day of the tournament, you know, say from midnight on, I really don't have a problem with them going out and getting bait. I don't have a problem with them going out with their their electronics and seeing if they find something because that's just giving them a better shot at doing it. But as far as just going out to soar up a bunch of fish, if you believe in that thing, then I don't think that should be done because there is a lot of people that believe that you can soar up a, a, a bunch of fish in an area. And what you believe in and your confidence in how you're fishing is, is a big deal. I believe you can soar up fish. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. But like I t said before, I've caught them, put them in a live well that was full of shad, and went to get shad 30 minutes later and never had a stick of bait. So I know they still feed. I also believe that fish seem to know when it's tournament day, too, because for whatever reason, they let me catch them before and after. <laughs> the tournament day, they're like, nope, not for you, buddy. Tomorrow, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying if I had a hook wallered around in my jaw for 30 minutes trying to get my big ass in the boat that I wouldn't be a little sore lip too. <laughs> so yeah, but, you know, I, I just I, it doesn't worry me about that. You know, I, I don't I don't worry about that. What's your thoughts on it, Chuck? Um, I'm. You know, it's it's pretty much everybody's fair game. You know, if you know if one person can't do it, nobody can do it. But it's, you know, the out the guys who travel a long distance and they're fishing against the locals. Um, you know, that's where I see a big disadvantage because the local guys know the lake anyway. The the out of town guys, you know, they've never fished the lake, so you know that that's right there what would be really bad. Um, you know. I don't. I don't even think catching bait, uh, you know, sh should be uh, considered fishing the night before. You know, because if if you run down the road with your throw net and you go down below the dam and you throw the net to get some shad, um, you know that that shouldn't. I don't think that should be against the rules at all. I don't if you want to if, if you want to miss a few hours sleep, you know, to get some bait and everybody else is asleep. You got fresher bait than they do, and you've already got yours. You know, <laughs> you know, if they want to spend some of their fishing time doing it, but I want to see how you guys feel about, um, it, you know, if you if you're able to trailer and and launch at four in the morning, should you be able to uh, throw the net and catch bait before seven? Um, is that part of the rules, or is it no fishing period, or can you try to get bait during that time, or how does that go? Well, before we go on to that, let me let me answer do my opinion on the uh, on the um, pre-fishing dead timeline and stuff like that. The, but yeah, I'll I'll go for that. If you're talking to us too, then I'll I'll answer that as well. But the uh, 
the whole fishing beforehand, um, I, I think ICA does it to where you have to be, uh, if, like at the day tournament, you have to be off of the water before midnight the night before. Right. If it's a night tournament, you have to be off the water before noon. Noon, yeah. So, I mean, that's all right and everything. I don't, I don't mind it either way. I definitely think that it would be cool to have tournaments where nobody's allowed to be on the water for a week beforehand or something like that. So, you know, it's sort of just a get out there and figure things out, you know, the quickest and, you know, kind of put everybody on, you know, level playing field a little better, I guess. And even then you're going to have people that are going to know the waterway and, and, you know, they're going to, they're going to know exactly the places to go to and whatnot, but still, I don't have a problem with it either way. I mean, normally if it's whatever the rule is, it's going to be consistent across the board and everybody's going to be the same on it, you know, so it doesn't give any certain person a an advantage unless, you know, you're talking about the guy who has more free time on his hands than, than what you do, you know, because you're working, he can come out on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and pre-fish it and then fish the tournament on Saturday, you know, but unfortunately that's how all tournaments are, you know. If if you've got the time to do that and you you can, then you normally do a little better than the other guys. But you've also put a lot of money into driving out there, doing that, you know, staying you're staying in a hotel or whatever. So, well, that's my opinion on that, anyway. You know, we you guys have touched a little bit on guys traveling and and having to fight the locals. Before we get too far along, and I forget because I've really been trying to remember this, and I kept forgetting to write it down. One of our good old Missouri boys, Justin Cook, and I don't know who his partner was this week, and I'm sorry that I don't. I apologize for that. But they went to Texas to Lake Tawakonee and put a whooping on them people down there again. Marty Gerloff and his brother Roger went down there, and they finished in the top five, I believe. So uh, we're proud of you guys. Uh, taking it to them boys, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the second year in a row that Justin has done that. So, uh, congratulations, you guys. All right. Now on on to the question that Chuck asked. Can you repeat the question again so we can? Uh, on the uh, trailering days, where you can start launching at four in the morning or whenever, and and you can't start fishing until seven, uh, should you be allowed to gather bait? during that time if you're not using rod and reel, putting rod, uh, rod and reels into the water? Could you throw nets or whatever? Are you saying like on the on the date, you know, like on what, what we were just talking about, the 12 hours before you're not supposed to be on the water, being yeah, allowed on, on the water just without rods and reels? Well, on a trailering tournament day, you launch it. You're, you put your boat in at 4 in the morning you, to go sit on your spot. And not start fishing until 6:30 or 7. <coughs> Should you be able to get bait during no. that time if you're not no. using rod and reel? No, it's too. It'd be too difficult to determine what they were doing on the water. And, and what's in that net? Yeah, and and there are people that will go out and they'll throw a cast net on the on the banks and get lucky and pull a 30 or 40 pound flathead up out of them. And uh, just to see how it happened. And they'll destroy a net, but that's another story. Yep. You know, one one of the, the you know, I, and I to talk about this Catch Incredible tournament uh, that we was at a year or two ago, but that's one of the, 
Uh, other than Aaron Wheatley's, uh, that, that tournament is, is run very well up there. Uh, now, you guys say, well, they only have Channel Cat. Well, they do, but they weigh 25 pounds. I mean, holy crap, it's a giant Channel Cat. I mean, they're big, and they fight, and uh, there's a little current in the Red River down there. So, it, you know, it's a good time. We absolutely had a blast up there. Uh, but they don't they don't let you do any of that stuff. And, and one of the things that impressed me the most is they got boats going up and down that river checking you all the time. Uh, they'll pull up to you and visit with you. They might want to see your stuff. They might not want to see what you've caught. Uh, the guy pulled up and talked to us one time and said, you got any fish? And at the time, we hadn't put a fish in the boat. Uh, and I know this costs money to operate those boats. It really does. Well, but, while there, Johnny Ward says uh, was Cook and Gary Ryan, and he was one of the Texas boys receiving the whooping. <laughs> He, he said he's like me though. He said he said they'll bite the day before and the day after the tournament all day long. For <laughs> well, thanks Johnny for that. I, I couldn't remember, and I should have known Gary was his partner because I read it. It just blanked my mind. But thank, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I know, I know Justin and Gary had a blast down there, and uh, you know I'm sorry them boys come from Missouri down here and laid it on you, but. Uh, Justin Cook and Gary Ryan, it doesn't matter if they're in Texas or Missouri or where they're at. They're going to be tough everywhere they go. And them Gerloff boys, um, they have beat me down so many times I can't count them all. So, so it, don't feel bad about it because they're really good. He said, yeah, Cook has them back-to-back -back wins, which is pretty impressive there. Yeah, I think so too. And just, just out of curiosity, I don't know, I've been out at the Indy Boat Sport and Travel Show all week, and I told a lot of people about the show. If there just happens to be anybody that heard that talked to me at the show or seen the sign and showed up, um, you know, let me know so that way I know that somebody came from there. You know, if not, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that some week that they will because I did talk to a lot of people uh, this past ten days and so, uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, anybody that's on here, you know, feel free to plug the show and everything or, or you know, any one of us individually, whatever for the show. You know, on your Facebook accounts and stuff like that, it's not a problem. We're trying to get the get the word out about the show. So, and there, and there's yeah, and and that's like this show. We're we're not picking out or singling out anybody. There's several people or, or organizations that are using rules like this. There, but but they all need to sit back and look at what they're doing. And and that's just like releasing earlier or. If you let boats out five at a time, they used to have the Cooks Boat Motor Tournament here. Uh, on the Mississippi River, that was, at the time it was the biggest tournament around. The last one had 107 boats in it. In 15, 20 minutes, them boats was all gone. Let them out five at a time. No safety issues, no nothing. So don't don't feed me that crap. That's the only safe way to do it because that's horseshit. It, it just is. Yeah. All right. Before we move on any more on this on the subject of the night, last week. Last week, uh, I think at the end of the show or somewhere in the show, I might have said uh, the the last week of the giveaway, I was going to have you guys go and do the uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, and I might do that as as a as the uh, prize giveaway. But this was also the week of surprises, so surprise, I changed my mind. <laughs> really? And we're not doing that. Say it ain't so. This is what we're doing. Basically, the first person who...
places an order for anything that's a shirt or a hoodie or anything at Whisker Wear Apparel, and in the comments says, you know, Catfish Weekly sent me. Mention Catfish Weekly in the comments when you when you place an order. He will also you'll pay for your order, but he's also going to throw in a free hoodie of the same size or whatever size you if you need a different size on there in the comment you can put that. But it's only going to be to the first person who places an order. You know we want we want to make sure our sponsors are are making a little bit of money and they're and they're getting you know what they what they need to get the 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 profits coming back from the show and stuff like that and we want to really support them for what they're doing for us so the first order that he gets that get that basically puts in the comments you know Catholic oh, hang on, let, me, let, me, let me get my order in yeah <laughs> you put that order in you'll pay for your whatever you want you're gonna get you, you'll pay for that. And then just put in there, and like I said, you might not be the first one, but he'll let you know that you know you're you're going to get the free thing if you're the first one. Yeah, Lyle definitely would recommend the Whisker Wear Thong. I never say nothing but good things about that guy, and look what he does to me. <laughs> Nobody else recommends Lyle with the Whisker Wear Thong, but Lyle absolutely uh, recommends. Uh, thank you, John. You're your man. <laughs> I'll wear one if you will. <laughs> Oh man! But if if anybody's in confused about the way that contest is working or anything, just type it up in chat, and I'll I'll try to explain it more. But um, if you were planning on getting something from Whiskerware, you might as well go ahead and order it right now, and you might uh you might be the first one. So get that free hoodie. Hey, man, I'm telling you right now, they are the, they're good. Them hoodies are nice. They're warm. They're comfortable. They look great. You can't beat them with a stick. You okay? It is like, I've got a hoodie right there. Yeah. Okay, get people, hang on. He'll be back with us a minute. And I dropped my, I dropped my headset. <laughs> And they really are nice, but here it is. Here's the front of it. That looks like mine. Here's the back of it. Yep, just like mine. Down the sleeve. Get your yeah, catfish yeah. on. That's right. And they're in different colors. They're not just black like like ours. They're they're in different colors. He's got all kinds of colors. There's a red one right here. There you Heck go. Yeah. They got that. They got that real soft uh, inside too. Like the inside's a little different than the outside. That inside's real soft. Yeah, yep. it feels really good. Yep, they're nice. They're nice. I'm surprised Leanne didn't take that away from you, Chuck. Uh, she got a, a black and pink one or something. But yeah, so guys, uh, put in all kinds of orders. Get get him some uh, get him some business over there. We had a, a comment here before we go on and get into anything else that um, uh, about getting the uh, fish back into the water. And uh, I, I want to give a shout out. I know a lot of these places have got trucks or tanks or whatever to put these fish in. Most of the time, we're so far away that most of the guys just back their boat in the water and, and let the fish out at our tournaments. We have started a deal to, to keep them in for ones where we're far away from water. But one of the coolest ones that there is is Brad Kilpatrick, a Kansas City catfish. Brad has a 
some type of a vinyl, and, and I've had all the information to contact these with, and I'm sorry that I don't know it all, but uh, this thing's probably uh, 12 or, or 14 foot square, and it's waist high, and he fills it up with water, and I think he told me it held 750 gallons of water, and he, Brad really, really takes care of his fish. They've got circulation pumps in them that moves all the time. He's got oxygen going to them. Uh, I've yet to see him pull a fish out of that thing and release it that it wasn't in better condition when it come out of there than it was when it went in. I mean, um, and like I say, I know a lot of guys do things to make sure their fish is good, but Brad has set the standard of what needs to be done to take care of these fish, and they're not out of the water very long. They, they get weighed, they go in this thing, and they stay there, and after the tournament's over, when everybody's leaving and going home after a long day, old Brad's out there taking care of them fish and getting them in the water and doing what has to be done. And unless you have done his job, uh, you 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 don't realize how much extra work that, that goes into these tournaments. But uh, the uh, guys like Brad and myself and, and a lot of the others, Tommy and Timmy Walsh and whoever them guys are, and the guys over Springfield, Illinois, they all, you know, there's a lot goes into putting on tournaments, and to do it correctly, it's really a lot of work. And most of these uh, tournament series do not have the support and backing of Cabela's or Bass Pro or someplace like that uh, to where you can afford to have and pay extra help to do all of it. Most of them are doing it themselves and, and working their tails off to make these people happy, and, and they're doing a really good job. Another place is, is the TCCA boys over in Peoria, Illinois. Them channel cat tournaments over there they have are as much fun as you can have. We've been over to a couple of them at night, enjoyed them tremendously. Uh, I fished my whole life with cut bait and never caught a, a flathead on cut bait, and I kept hearing that crap and hearing it and hearing it. And I didn't believe it. Went over and caught four or five one night on, on cut bait over. I just I was just thrilled. I, I, if, hell, if we won the tournament, I wouldn't have been any happier. Because I, I was to the point I didn't think it actually happened. I thought people would just tell me that stuff. But they do a really, really good job. The guys over Springfield, Illinois, they, you know, and Joe Lucky puts on a tournament over there um, for an organization, Lions Club, I believe. Uh, I may be wrong about that. If I is, I'm, he'll shoot me. But uh, good cause. They, they do that just free gratis. And, I mean, them guys really work hard to put these tournaments on. So if you're at a tournament, and you think these guys have done a good job, tell them. You know, if you think that, that something needs to be tweaked a little bit, mention that to them, but don't be nasty about it. But, but tell them if they're doing a good job, because I promise you, uh, they hear it once in a while, but they hear a lot of the other a lot more often, and they'll appreciate that, that you think they're doing a good job. 